Hello everyone. Today let's discuss Tennyson as a representative of his age. As you all know that Tennyson belonged to the Victorian age. Victorian age that is the age in which Queen Victoria was at the throne of uh, England that started from 1832 till like 1905 with the death of Queen Victoria in 1905 of course. So when we study poets of Victorian age then the two names that stand out are Tennyson that is Lord Alfred Tennyson and Robert Browning. So when we read the poems or rather two dramas of Robert Browning then what stands out is the robust optimism of Robert Browning. But when we study Tennyson, then we can very well say that he was truly a representative of his age. And in fact, we can say that he is as good a representative and a chronicler of his age as Chaucer, Spencer and Pope were of their own respective ages. And Tennyson's career as a poet extended over more than half a century during which period many changes occurred. In his poetry, he kept pace with the changing times and um, when we study his uh, poem, then um, there are so many um, points that uh, come to our mind. To begin with, let's uh, take his poetry as uh, championing the order of the society. The Victorian age was singularly unemotional and stood for balance, order and discipline. The radicalism, revolutionism and even the individualism of the romantics like Shelley or Keats had already become a thing of the past. All enthusiasm, excitement or prophetic fervor were eyed with suspicion by the same Victorians who were terribly afraid of disorder and anarchy. Even the Victorian chartists I'm sure we all know who Chartists were, that is, uh, those who stood for the extension of political power to the working classes. Even they also believed in constitutional means to effect political changes and would have been offended at being dubbed revolutionaries. Evolution, not revolution, was the slogan. England and the continent, that is the whole European continent, had enough excitement. What was needed now was calm thinking and constructive action. So, now Tennyson reflects adequately the Victorian respect for balance and order and the corresponding fear and contempt for lawlessness and disorder. Many a time he expresses his love of England which is partly generated by her political stability. Order in England is not only a reason of Tennyson's pride in his country but also his love for it. At a place he says about England, it is the land that free men till, that sober suited freedom chose, the land where girl with friends and foes, a man may speak the thing he will, a land of settled government, a land of just and old renown. Attention may be directed to the last, but one line of the passage quoted above, nothing is, like as Tennyson says, nothing is that errs from law. Right? And then, um, uh, we have this very famous uh, uh, line from Tennyson, he says, The old order changed, yielding place to new, and God fulfills himself in many ways, 
lest one good custom should corrupt the world. From the first line, it must be noted what the old order changes yielding place to a new order, not to disorder or chaos. Tennyson is not for stagnancy or the status quo, but he is not for change that would hurl everything into chaos. In these beliefs, he represents his age, that is believing in order and not like radical changes. And then when we study Victorian age, then we know it was important for the rise of democracy. So when we read the poems of uh, Mr. Tennyson, then we can see the emergence of democracy in his works. This moral terror of revolution and anarchy makes Tennyson a reactionary or at least a conventionalist. The Victorian age was, uh, so to say, a middle-aged period wedded to a plethora of social conventions. Nevertheless, it witnessed a gradual change from aristocracy to democracy. Things moved surely, though steadily, towards the ultimate chartist goal of universal suffrage. How far does Tennyson reflect this change in his poetry? It must be understood that Tennyson was not another Ruskin. He clung to old order of aristocracy, but when he found the swelling tide of democracy impossible to be checked, he persuaded himself to strike a compromise between aristocracy and democracy. He was an aristocrat by both upbringing and his ways of thinking, but we cannot but admit that he had a genuinely sympathetic interest in the common people and common things. If he wrote the princes, Maud and the ideals of the kings, he also wrote such poems as Dora and Enoch Allen, which are considered with I mean we are which are considered to be very much concerned with poor people. And then the third point that we can think about is um, we can see the deflection the deflection of female suffrage and education in Tennyson's poetry as was there in the Victorian society as such. Tennyson's conservatism is also apparent from his views on female suffrage and education, which is in the Victorian age, um, it was burning topic. He did not associate himself with the loud-mouthed suffragettes of his age, nor did he think highly of formal education for the fair sex. He could have readily agreed with, Tennis, uh, with Addison that family is the proper sphere for a woman to shine in. Like Edison, he was for keeping a wedge between the two sexes, either of which was supposedly designed by God for a particular function and was endowed accordingly. The famous lines are, man for the her field and women for the herd, man for the sword and for the needle she, man to command and women to obey, all else confusion. The last line should be considered with reference to Tennyson's love of order, which we have already like discussed. The Princess that was published in 1847, uh, it was one of the major poems of Tennyson. It also deals with the contemporary issue of female education, which aroused an acrimonious strife between its supporters and opponents. Of course, Tennyson ranged himself on the side of the opponents. Higher education, in his view, was likely to kill the essential femininity of women. In the poem just referred to, he shows the apparent untenability of the views of Princess Ida on female education. 
she establishes a university for women and very like a Victorian suffragette, shrieks for the rights of women. She even refuses to marry the prince to whom she was betrothed in her childhood. Mm, but where does all this end? Yada's intransigence is gone and she marries the prince. Tennyson implies that she is reformed as she gives up her cry for equality, loses his obscene perverseness and agrees to be what covertly Patmore would call the angel in the house. So it's, it's actually hypocrisy. Yeah. And then if we uh, um, really want to know something about the status of love, sex and social taboos in Victorian age, we can very well understand these concepts while reading Victor uh, Tennyson's poems. And uh, about these things, Victorians were indeed quite prudish. Uh, even a trivial impropriety of dress, not to speak of the modern topless and the miniskirt and all, uh, it would send the Victorian Martinins into paroxysms of rage. They were indeed very touchy about sex, which they were prone to treat with a hush-hush uh, way. Uh, Thackeray, Dickens, George Eliot and others who were stark realists in everything else did not dare lift the lid off the animality of their characters. They approached the beast of sex gingerly and with gloves on. Uh, Tennyson is an exception in his treatment of love and sex. He has neither the frank conviviality of fielding nor the voluptuousness of uh, Maldor Spencer nor the rivalry of Chaucer of uh, the Miller's Tale. He does not think of love in terms of platonic transcendentalism of Shelley. He does think of it as an earthly passion, but refuses to exoriate it, nor to speak of exploring its interior. Unbridled passion he looks down upon, especially when it's non-conjugal. For example, we can see a, a poem, a line of some poem, Arise and fly, the reeling fawn, the sensual feast, Move upward, walking out the beast, and let the ape and tiger die. Tennyson's lovers are always full-dressed. They love each other like perfect Victorians and are invariably married. A typical instance is provided by uh, the poem The Lady of Charlotte, in which we are introduced to two young lovers, in inverted commas, walking together in the moonlight. Before the reader should get scandalized, Tennyson reassures him or her that these lovers were inverted commas <coughs> sorry lately wed marriage and procreation are exalted by Tennyson as the symbols of order and human immortality right so uh, this was the status of love sex and social taboos in Victorian age that was reflected very well in Tennyson's poetry and then if we want to look at religion, science and the Victorian compromise, it was all very much there in Tennyson's poems. Uh, the progress of science tended to undermine the very foundations of the Christian faith by calling into question many a spiritual truth. Darwin's evolutionary doctrine, which traced the descent of human beings from apes, gave a serious blow to Genesis and shook the Christian belief in the immortality of the human soul, not to speak of a plethora of minor points of the Christian doctrine. Needless to say, all this caused an earthquake in the realm of contemporary thinking and brought many in 
adamant built edifice tumbling to the ground all victorian writers in some way or other give uh, expression to the doubts and the consequence consequent spiritual disturbance generated by scientific discoveries some of the victorians clung to the old faith and exposed what they called new fangled opinions others went over to the side of science and turned agonists and still others went over to the to science science and then there were others who uh, tried in panic to effect some sort of compromise between the two conflicting forces of science and belief tennyson on the whole may be classified with the third group the one uh which stood for what is called the victorian compromise he was too greatly affected by the development of science to remain an orthodox christian but still he was not so much affected as to turn an unqualified agnostic but still he was not uh so much affected to turn 